0: We know that the Chargers are built to contend right now with Justin Herber on his rookie contract window, but how long can they keep the window open with the way the roster is currently constructed?
1: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogelmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons now. But we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team Every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen as always. And to make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But David, we have to get into a list that was put out by ESPN that was future power rankings because the Chargers come in fifth place on that list, basing teams on how good they're going to be over the next three seasons. And we know that the Chargers have a big group of this this nucleus is all locked in for the next few seasons but things could get a little bit tricky especially when it comes to Derwin James and how big of a part of that he is going to play and them being a contender over the next couple of seasons So we'll talk about that and how the Chargers can keep this core together and fill in the cracks along the way but one of the biggest questions these experts still have about the Chargers is Brandon Staley and his fourth down calls even though it worked out so well for them so many times, but David, I was pleasantly surprised to go on this list and see that the Chargers were ranked fifth as far as the future power rankings. Because That means it's not a bunch of guys, you know, tagging along for a one year deals. There's a couple, obviously, but it shows you that the main part of this team is all in place for the next several seasons. And when you have a roster outside of Justin Herbert, that is pretty good. Like the Chargers is, and you have an elite quarterback like Justin Herbert. I'm not surprised to see them that high.
1: No, I'm definitely not surprised either. This is the blueprint, right? This is the blueprint of success for any football team, pretty much. You look at the last several years, the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. It's all about building around a young superstar quarterback when you have all of the money to be able to do that. And the last couple of years, that's exactly what the Chargers have done.
0: Yeah. And what this list is, is basically they weight things based on how important that they are. So your roster is 30%. Your quarterback is 20%. And you have coaching the draft and front office that gets less and less important as it goes as far as how they're coming up with these rankings. And the charges were very high on all of those things. I mean, top 12 in every single category with their roster outside of the quarterback. So not including Justin Herbert, they rank as the second best roster in the NFL. The quarterback they have, ranks them third in the NFL, and then coaching is 12th, which is, I mean, still pretty high for a second-year coach, but that's the lowest one. Drafting, they have a five, which is a little surprising, but a lot of hits, especially in the first round for the Chargers. And then front office-wise, they get a 10, which is a little surprising because obviously that has to do with the draft, and we all saw the free agency period that Tom Telesco put together. But I think, David, as far as why they're here, why they get ranked up on this list is because – of the amount of players that they have. And this is why they said they said the rise of the Chargers since drafting Justin Herbert should only continue this year as the team not only should see yet another leap forward by its prodigious quarterback, but also enjoy improvements on both sides of the ball after an aggressive offseason. And while Herbert alone is reason for optimism, Los Angeles has a collection of blue chippers that'll make up the core going forward. And this could be the season the Bolts graduate to the elite tier in the NFL. So, David... Yeah, I mean, that that's about as high as praise as you can get. And with this list, what they say is to project which NFL franchises are the best shape for the next three seasons, 2022 to 2024, they asked their panel of Jeremy Fowler, Lewis, Reddick, Seth Walder, and Field Yates to rate each team based on all of those factors, quarterback, roster, front office coaching, and their drafting ability. And the Chargers have all of these elite players, David, where it's easy to see, okay, yes, this team has the pieces. They have enough top-tier players to make a run at it right now. <sighs>
1: Well, I mean, everything that you need to do well in football, the Chargers have the ability to do that. They have the phenomenal core of wide receivers to throw the football to. They have a, a young, talented running back in Austin Eckler, who scored 20 touchdowns last year, tied for the league lead. They have a defense that has a couple of pass rushers that will tear arise quarterbacks all season long. They have a unique chess piece in Derwin James that can do pretty much anything on the football field, and they have a number one corner that can shut down your number one wide receiver. So pretty much all the mechanics of playing offense and defense, they have in abundance. They have a lot of players that can go out there and, and execute that and do exactly what they need you to do, which is... Man, it's going to be very exciting to watch. Yeah, there's not a lot
0: of teams, I think, that have as many really good players as the Chargers have. I mean, you were laying it out. A top-five quarterback, a top-10 running back, two top-20 wide receivers, a top-five tackle, a top-five center. Yeah, not to mention on the, the offensive offense. line. Right. Exactly. I mean, which could should be, you know, around a top 10 unit in the NFL, depending on how things shake out at right tackle and on the defensive side. Yeah. Two top 10 edge rushers, a top one safety. If you ask me and you have a top five corner in J.C. Jackson. So I think that's why the Chargers are up on this list. But it's also the fact that these guys are all locked up. These guys are all under contract for this run that the Chargers are in. And when you look at, okay, how long can they keep this window open? It does feel like a three-year window as we see it right now. After three years, things are going to change, David. But they have a solid three years with these guys intact where they can make a big run.
1: They can because, I mean, you look at the, the players that are under contract through 2024. Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Corey Lindsley, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Rashawn Slater, Zion Johnson. They have yeah. so many of their blue-chip players as they put it in this article that are under contract for these three next seasons so the Chargers not only are they primed to do a lot of damage this year which I foresee that happening very much so they are in position to do that for several seasons and this is what all the pain and suffering was for this was what all the losing was for, all of the tough games, all of the, the times you wanted to rip your, your heart out after watching the Chargers lose in devastating fashion after devastating fashion. This is what it's all about. The Chargers actually putting together a roster that can not, not only is going to compete this year, but for several seasons to come
0: yeah exactly and that's what's pretty exciting is because it feels like okay they're not wasting these years of Justin Herbert's career of Justin Herbert's rookie contract right but what I do think David is a lot of it will have to do on the defensive side with what happens with Derwin James because as much as these next three years really feel like they should be the time the Chargers I mean should be the closest to continuing they've been in a long long time but that picture changes if you don't have Derwin James because he is truly one of the special pieces they have on that defense. And as of right now, he doesn't have a contract. But according to Jeremy Fowler, they are optimistic, right, that a contract will get done. So we'll talk about how important he is to this picture and keeping that window open and what the latest news is on his contract. But I also have some breaking news here, and that is that I found the best protein bar on the planet, and it's the Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. From Built Bar right now. I mean, I know there's a ton of great flavors. You know, my favorites chocolate, peanut butter, cookies, and cream. You can never go wrong. They have s'mores right now. A s'mores protein bar that fits on your diet is something that's really, really hard to find. But when you're talking about coconut brownie chunk puff, you're talking about gooey chewy marshmallow you're going to find inside 100% real chocolate and you're getting something that's a treat so especially when you're dieting you feel like you want something that's going to taste like a candy bar but give you the protein and the low calories and the low sugar that you get from built bar this is where you go but stop joining, and listen they're good for you all of the things I just said low calorie low sugar but the coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time so make sure you guys go to built.com so you can try honestly one of the revolutionary flavors from it I mean I know you guys have your favorites but When you have something like this, it's out for a limited time. You want to get on it before it's gone because there's a few different flavors I look back on. I'm like, I wish I would have gotten more before they were gone. And there's so many great flavors to choose from all the time. But you guys can even save some money right now on that Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. If you guys go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, David, well, now we have to get into Derwin James. And this has kind of been a funny sequence here with Derwin just because he is one of those players where he makes such a big impact and you would think it's just an obvious thing that a deal gets done. But still, we sit here going into training camp and a deal hasn't gotten done. And the only things that we've seen leaked out are that, you know, the Chargers think it's going to happen. Obviously, you haven't heard anything from Derwin James' camp that he's getting ready to hold out, right? So just the fact that he's willing to be there with the team, I think means a lot. And the fact that it doesn't seem like he's the type of player to make the waves. Like you've seen other safeties, like a Jesse Bates, right? Do when with his contract and you don't want to get to the franchise tag and all those things. But now I think this is at least the most reputable person that's reported. And it was Jeremy Fowler who said the Chargers are optimistic. They will reach an extension with star safety Derwin James per sources. Players reporting to camp Tuesday could create urgency expectation from some in the league. A 2023 free agent engine for the LA defense will be, the league's highest paid safety. But I'm surprised so far, David, I haven't seen Derwin James show up on the locked on NFL's top 50 most valuable players in the NFL. I'm still holding out I hope that he shows up because I'm starting to see some some quarterbacks that I'm questioning if they are more important than Derwin James is to the Chargers. But make sure you guys check out on Locked On NFL who moves the betting lines the most in Vegas from bet online because it's going on right now, and the top 10, top 20 are about to get released. So make sure you guys check that out wherever you hear podcast from. But David. Are you excited? Does this do anything for you? Or is it just like, okay, well, we've heard this before.
1: Honestly, I think it does get me a little bit excited just because of the proximity of when the report was released. And it's because training camp is right around the corner. I mean, it is literally in seven days. The rookies have already reported. They're already at training camp right now. The veterans are going to report on the 26th. So, And it, it just doesn't seem like a coincidence to me that a report like this Coming from a reputable source like Jeremy Fowler from ESPN is coming out right now. It just yeah. makes me feel like a deal is eminent, that it is coming. And when you're looking at this deal and you're looking at the highest paid safeties in the league, they are going to pay Derwin James a boatload of money.
0: Yeah. And the expectation is for him to become the league's highest paid safety, as he should, right? Because, he, the- oh, yeah. There's no question to me that he's top five, right? And if you're a top five at your position in the NFL, you're probably going to be becoming the top paid player at your position. It might, it might even be top 10, honestly, when you look at that, just because that's the way it works. The market tells you what somebody's worth in Derwin James feels like he's worth even more than what the norm for safeties are, right? Just because it's like, okay, you are getting a safety, but you're also getting a linebacker, getting a guy that can shut down tight ends and wide receivers if he wants to and lay a big hit on somebody. And, I mean, just be an explosive blitzer off the edge and bring pass rushing to the table. Like, I don't think there's a more unique player at that position in the entire NFL, and I just don't think there's a body that is made more for that position than Derwin James, who brings so many things to the table but this is something that the chargers have to get done they are going to be a little bit strapped for cash next season it's hard to see how it's going to play out right now because you don't know how the rollover and all those things are going to work or if there's going to be a bump to that salary cap number but the thing is is in the nfl david you find a way to get things done and with the chargers and derwin james there's no you know they're not in the situation where they can't find a way obviously they're saying it's optimistic so they're finding a way to do it but you do whatever it takes. You restructure if you have to. You find different players to maybe release next season if you have to clear up some space. Then worry about it. Then get the deal done now.
1: Well, and also, I, don't, I think it would be doing a disservice to Derwin James if you're calling him a safety. You're not just signing a safety. You're, you're signing like five players in one. You're, you're signing a linebacker. You're signing an edge rusher. You're signing a cover corner. You're signing a strong safety and a free safety all in one. Derwin yeah. James can do all of that stuff. So you're going to pay Derwin James a boatload of money because he's that important to your defense, because whatever you ask him to do, whatever you need him to do, he can do it at an extremely high level. He is a rare athlete. He is a unicorn. Derwin James is a unicorn in the NFL because of all the things that he can do. And I was talking about him, him getting paid. The highest paid safety in the league right now, Daniel, is Minka Fitzpatrick. He signed a four-year, $72.98 million contract. And that was on June 15th, 2022. So pretty, pretty recent here. Darwin James, I think if we're looking at the, the that contract at $17.5 million shining bonus, that's around $18 million per year. We can probably expect Darwin James's new contract is going to probably be in the 19 to $20 million per season kind of area.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's going to reset the market for sure. And that is something they brought up on here on what could change for the better. Basically saying, you know, what can happen for the Chargers to make things better? And it is, for them, has a lot to do with all the big contracts they already have. And they say, is extending Herbert to a massive deal in the next two years could limit the number of supporting stars Los Angeles can pay. The Chargers have seven stars with a cap at, of at least $8 million in 2022 with Keenan Allen and edge rusher Joey Bosa making him nearly a quarter of the team's salary cap. The Chargers have one of the best rosters in the league but must get creative to keep it that way starting with safety derwin james jr who is due a new market deal shifting soon shifting deal soon so that is a, a concern i think david is just how do you keep it going but the one of the things that the chargers did do this season was find those guys on the cheap late in free agency that have helped kind of alleviate some of those you know Concerns, I think, but you have to keep doing it. And that is going to be one of the storylines for this team going forward is can you keep filling in around these big contracts because you are paying Khalil Mack 20 plus you're paying Keenan Allen 20 plus Joey Bosa 20 plus the Herbert contract part of it doesn't really I don't think affect this as much as people think because he's under contract for three more seasons. Whatever extension that he signs is going to build off of that after his rookie contract is over and they can finagle the money however they want kind of and when they want it to hit all off Patrick Mahomes and his money really just starting to kick in deal with those problems down the road the window is now but you have to keep building around these expensive pieces.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the, definitely the worry to me. The, the worry to me is just to ha- you know playing that jigsaw puzzle and trying to figure out how everything fits. But I think we've seen r- across the league that there's some magician-like things that people can do with the salary caps. and they, they can make things work if they really need to. They can move money around. The one weapon that the Chargers utilized this offseason that they really hadn't utilized many offseasons before this is restructuring. They restructured Khalil Mack's contract to give a little bit more cap space. That's something that they can do with several other deals as well. They can move money around to where they can make it work. But also, this is a destination now, right, Daniel? The the, the Chargers are a team where people are going to want to come join this team because they feel like this team is primed and ready to go fight for a championship. So it is a destination that I think players are going to want to come to because, hey, It's all about winning, right? We're trying to win championships, get rings. That's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why you see a guy like you know Bryce Callahan come on such a cheap deal and Kyle Van Noy come on such a cheap deal to go along with the other players who chose you in California, which isn't the easiest place to recruit to, like in Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, J.C. Jackson, all those guys still chose to come here. I mean, obviously for a lot of money, and you don't know what other teams were offering them, but I think if it's close, you want to pick a team like this that you feel like truly is in contention and has a window here going on right now that they can tag on to and be a part of. And I think if you can keep doing that, you're in a great spot, but it can't just be free agents, right? It also has to be the rookies. And I think the other thing is, is Brandon Staley has to keep having those relationships that led to some of these guys coming in, guys who have played for him before. And I mean, the reputation he's already showing around the league, but Even with all those things, when you're not looking at the guys and the differences in the way the Chargers have drafted, the differences in free agency since Brandon Staley took over, I mean, it's still being questioned by some people. You see it on this list. Brandon Staley comes in as 12th in the league. And, I mean, he's only coached one year in the NFL, and he didn't make the playoffs. So I'm not going to argue with the 12th placement. But their biggest reason to worry was Brandon Staley, was all the fourth down calls. And it's just funny. That even after he showed you can do it and you can do it correctly, that's still the big concern. So we're going to talk about what we think our biggest concerns are coming up right after this. All right, David, so we talked about why the Chargers have the window they do right now, why it's open for these next three seasons at least, and things get a little trickier after that. But we're focused on right now, and most teams don't get... a a prolonged window like this, right? You have the the 28 to three Falcons that had that kind of one little run and then they flash in the pan, they were gone. You have the Eagles who make their Super Bowl run and they're gone. And the, the Ravens and so on and so forth. There's been a lot of those scenes. It's hard to keep it together for multiple seasons and keep that window open. But the Chargers, as you're seeing here, coming in in fifth on this list, they're in a very prime spot to do exactly that. But there's still questions about Brandon Staley. And when it comes to the biggest worry they put for this list, It's let the record show that I'm a Brandon Staley fan, but that said his aggressive analytical probability driven coaching style is not for the faint of heart. You could argue that some in-game decision-making slash risk-taking might have cost them in 2021, even though the Chargers set the single season NFL record with 22 successful fourth down conversions on 34 attempts, 22 out of 34 until Staley leads their, this very good roster to the playoffs and a playoff victory. He will remain the biggest question mark. So I think, it's fair to say okay go make the playoffs before you know we're just going to knight you as a good coach that's totally fair but to me david it's not even close i think brandon Sealy won them many more games last year with his crazy aggressive fourth quarter decision making more than he lost them games for sure
1: well i just think it was really funny just listening to you read that excerpt of them talking about the fourth yeah. down success it's like oh no the these decisions were so bad but they set an NFL record for the most fourth down conversions in a, in a season. Okay. Oh no, that doesn't make any sense.
0: What are we going to (laughs) do?
1: What what are we, what are we talking about that he did wrong here? Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, yeah, there was a couple of questionable decisions for sure, but for Brandon Staley, those, those decisions were based in, in the analytics. He felt comfortable with it and he was able to defend those decisions after the fact. And a lot of those decisions won the chargers football games last year. The record might look much different if he didn't, play that brand of football i like that brand of football it's a much more exciting brand we saw the chargers be super conservative with the last two head coaches that they had here and now you get a brand of football that you want to see what is going to happen next because that's the type of coach that brandon staley is he is aggressive he believes in his players and he wants to put the ball in his best players hands and watch justin herbert go convert like he did plenty of times last season
0: a hundred percent. I mean, I think you could see some regression in that number, right? I mean, that's a yeah. that's a, a almost unsustainable number. It had never been done before, right? So th- right. It, it might be an unsustainable number, but to, first of all, I don't think they're going to be as many dire situations. I think more fourth down attempts that they have this year are going to be trying to put their foot on a team's throat yeah, trying to score. than they are to get themselves back into a game because that is one thing I liked is he was just starting to go for it earlier than some other teams were would and in some situations obviously other teams wouldn't try to do it there but it's like he seemed like he had a very good feel when games were getting away from the Chargers and a lot of times the jolt that they got the boost that they got from their head coach was hey we're gonna go for it and we're just going to you know we're not gonna let this game get away and I think you saw that lot more that. times. love it And we've seen it both ways, right? I mean, we were talking about our least favorite coach not that long ago, like Mike McCoy, I mean, even Anthony Lynn, super conservative. And it's what their plays they're trying to run when they do it too, right? It's not just always running on fourth and one. I mean, it's it's things like that as well. But you go back to last season, right? Tied in the fourth quarter, the first game against the Kansas City Chiefs that they had last season. Fourth and nine, they're tied. They can punt it and pin them back like we've seen other Chargers coaches do against Patrick Mahomes, right? They didn't. They went for it. They scored a touchdown. They put the game away. You're up seven against the Raiders, Monday Night Football. They go for it on fourth down and make it when they're up by seven, right? (laughs) Almost every coach is punting right there. They're up by seven. They go for it anyway. They get the touchdown. They ice the game. Derek Carr comes back and throws an interception to Derwin James. They're down 14 in the third quarter against the Cleveland Browns. Staley goes for it twice on the same drive. Could have settled for a field goal. Didn't. Went and got the touchdown. They score they come back and win that game, one of the craziest fourth quarters that we've ever seen. That was an
1: absolute brawl, too. That game was a
0: brawl. 100%, but it's like, I I think, obviously, David, because of what happened in the last game of the season, right, where the Chargers go for it from, like, their own 20-yard line, it backfires on them, they end up losing that game. But it's also easy to forget that it was the most exhilarating fourth quarter and the most proficient run of successful fourth downs that we've ever seen in the NFL, what Justin Herbert was able to do. At the end of that game, even with all this team's
1: fault. Well, I mean, but- going back to Justin Herbert's first start. I mean, uh, just to yep. bring this up, Justin Herbert's first start in the NFL against the Chiefs. They go into overtime. Brandon Staley's the head coach of that 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 team that year. I think that they win that football game with them going for it on fourth down. Trusting Justin Herbert convert. Yeah, and it was Justin the thirty-four
0: convert. yard line. It was fourth and one from their own thirty-four, and they end up punting it back. It's ridiculous.
1: Back Brandon Herbers. Staley goes for that a hundred single a hundred times out of a hundred.
0: Yeah, and it just seems like Brandon Staley has a a great awareness of what he has on his team, right? I mean, outside of a couple of interesting, you know, personnel decisions, he could feel it seemed like he had a good feel for the game flow. And in those situations early in the season, it was winning the Chargers games. When it loses you a game later on in the season, it's harder to argue for. But It's magnified, me, yeah. Of course, and I understand why people, you know, this is a big change in the way things are normally done, so I understand with, that it's scary, right? It scares all of us. But I, for me, I'm just always going to lean on the side of being more aggressive. But to say that Brandon Staley is this team's biggest worry, David, I think is asinine. I mean, that doesn't make any well, sense to me. I think Brandon Staley is something that's propelling them. I, I think there's many other issues on this team
1: that worry me more. It, it definitely. And, and and for Brandon Staley, it's not only just what his coaching decisions were, it's about the personnel decisions that we talked about before. It's the changing of the philosophies of investing sure. on the offensive and defensive lines that have been neglected for so long. That has changed because of Brandon Staley. He said, we're going to get bigger, we're going we're gonna to get meaner, we're going to get nastier. That's exactly what happened. And it already bared positive fruit last year with an offensive line that was one of the worst, turning into one of the you know top ten to fifteen offensive lines in the league last year. That's prob- what I think is going to happen with the defense as well. With that focus on revamping that defensive line, I think that focus there, also coupled with the family uh, nature, the just the way he is with his players, I think that is all going to be positive things that are going to continue to grow and continue to be reasons why the Chargers are in very very good in a very good situation going forward.
0: And I think people talk about culture all the time. Every single new coach comes in and says, you know, hey, we're trying to change the culture here. And it's easy to say, it's not easy to do. And I don't think anyone is going to be arguing that the culture is the same as when Brandon Staley showed up, even after just one season. It's changed. 100% it is changing, and it's changing for the better. And I just think that with him, I mean, yeah, all the personnel things, right, all the draft and free agency stuff that he's changed is obviously huge. The emphasis he's put in the trenches is huge. And I just think the way he coaches the team and the belief that he shows in his players are reasons for me to say he's far from the thing that worries me the most going into 2022 for sure. And especially over the next three seasons where I think one playoff run obviously changes things a lot as far as the conversation around Brandon Staley and they should absolutely do that. My biggest worry, David, first of all, is I'd say right tackle and linebacker are my two biggest, you know, roster worries. And I think, there's holes there there's ways that they can get around it and there's chances that guys can step up like you know kyle van Noyen, and drew tranquil we don't know what's happening with Kenneth murray and at right tackle maybe somebody takes over and plays very well but i think i would go to both of those things before i go to brandon staley as my biggest worry
1: no i would uh, completely agree I, i think right tackle is a spot that is very scary just because it's an unknown No one has that position locked down. It's not like you can look on the left side, see Rashawn Slater and go, yeah, I love what I'm seeing there. That's definitely not a problem. You you just don't get that feeling on the right side because you haven't seen it. You don't know who's going to play that position. You don't know how well they're going to play that position. Hopefully, it's a much improved version of whoever is going to be out there at right tackle, but we do not know. And the unknown is scary for everyone.
0: It's scary for sure, and I think the other thing is the reason it's scary is because you see how good they are at other positions, and that's what the scary thing is, is just that it's like, okay, there's just a couple of things that seem so obvious from the outside looking in where it's like, okay, yeah, that is very scary, but it's a lot more scary because you're afraid those things are going to be the things that derail what is a very, very promising roster that the Chargers have right now. According to this list that we're talking about right now, the second-best roster roster and the third best quarterback, that's plenty enough to get it done. He's only behind Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, roster-wise, they're behind the Bills, which makes some sense anyways. They're a very well-built yeah. team. But to me, David, it's going back to even the thing that could get better, I mean, it's, it's finding the ways to keep on filling in around these contracts they have now and what Derwin James' contract is going to be when that kicks in. How do you keep finding ways to build around it? And we talked about free agency, but I think the other also thing – The other thing also is the rookies. You're going to have to have some of these rookies step up. You're going to have to hit on some undrafted free agents. You need cheap guys to fill in the cracks. And that's going to be, I think, one of those things. It doesn't necessarily worry me, but I also know that's what has to keep happening for this
1: window to stay open. Brandon Staley said that he is bringing or brought in coaches that have a pedigree of developing players. And I think we have seen some development so far. We've seen guys only like one Trey McKinney.
0: That's hard. Yeah. yeah.
1: We've seen some development. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw positive play out of Trey Pipkins, which we have not seen at any point before Trey Pipkins, Trey McKinney right. and Azier Adderley. and One of those guys. Several like- players. And I think that's what they have to continue to do with those middle to late round picks. They got to take those guys that aren't expected to start right away and develop them into capable and dependable players on your roster.
0: And I mean, at least... It's, it's too early to tell with like the six and seven round picks from last year. Right? you know, fifth round, Brendan Hymas or Mark Webb, we just don't know. But that's the thing about development. You can't see it in one season, right? But right. those are the guys that once some of these other guys, these miscellaneous pieces, right? It, when Matt Feiler his contract runs up, can Jamari Sawyer step in, right? It's, it's yeah. stuff like that where you can find those cheaper things where you don't have to keep trying to replace giant holes in free agency with giant contracts, which they've done. At premium positions, and I think they've done it well because the dudes they have spent money on are, uh, you know, cornerback and edge rusher and wide receiver. And those are very premium, important positions, but that's not going to get it done. You have to keep filling in around them. You have to get these cheaper free agents that fit well, right? And also were willing to come in on the cheap and these rookies have to be able to step up, which we just haven't seen enough in the later rounds from the Chargers. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. But make sure you're back tomorrow, even though David's on vacation, even though I'm getting married in two days, we are going to be back, and we're going to have a fan mail Friday for you guys. So make sure you hit us up at Locked on Twitter, which is where we're going to put a post out. But you can even get in the YouTube comments and make sure you're subscribing to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and make sure you're getting in on that action. But you can comment there. You can go comment on Instagram at Lockdown Chargers, And David Droegemeyer's DMs are always, Open at SD on Twitter, and you can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports. You can also call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. If you want to get your actual voice, ask some questions on the Locked on Charge podcast, and we will always try to answer them. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. If you guys want to contribute to Fan Mail Friday, make sure you get in on that. And as always, make sure you're finding us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find us for free every day on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever your preferred podcast option is. You will find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. But make sure you're back here tomorrow for family Meal Friday. Until then, take it easy and go bolts.